0: Don't don't open that box.
1: What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't
0: have opened Open it. Open it. Hello, listening people. Hello. Welcome to Spit and Polish Presents The Mystery Box. I am one of your mysterious hosts, Ryan Slawinski,
1: And I am the semi-mysterious Bartek.
0: Well, not that mysterious. You did tell us your name.
1: I have a secret, and it's this. <laughs> and, and I'm showing it but it's a podcast so you can't uh, see it so so I mysterious. know the secret,
0: and I'm blind so I can't see it so uh, I, half blind. I wish I didn't see it he wish he didn't see it whoever that voice was wishes he didn't yeah, see yeah. it so Bartek that's you Ryan that's me combined we are spit and polish Brian Bri- we've made this joke before have we?
1: yes Brightek I think is more of a thing we
0: did Brightek Brightek I think this is like the that. exact conversation we had last time <laughs> about this so You're Bartek, I'm Ryan. Combined, we are spit and Polish. And we're called that because we're always spitting and we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bartek, that's no Anglo-Saxon name. That's a Polish name.
1: It is a white name, though. I mean... Because I saw this video on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, God. God.
0: What? Where there was some white like there was, was it one of those vi- videos where the the person talking's a cartoon avatar of like a wolf, <laughs> and they're like, "Did you know Bartek's a white person's name?" <laughs> no, no, no.
1: It, it was it was a Pro-ZD video. Um, oh, okay. You, and it was like titled something like, "Oh, when you have a white person name," and it was making fun of the fact that like, oh, you know, his real name is Sung Won. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like an Asian name, but like. Separating the fact from white, it's like, oh, Polish people are white, but we also have weird names. That
0: is true. Yeah. We do have weird names. What I'm saying
1: is I'm an offended white person
0: That's exactly right But we have an even weirder concept for a show that we're doing The Mystery Box A show in which we have a box That's filled with mysterious videos Or DVDs Or movies Or video projects Or whatever's in there That is something we can watch And then we get a guest to pick Whatever thing is in there at random And we watch the movie completely blind Not knowing much about the movie beforehand We just have the DVD cover And the blurb on it And that's it I'm not saying that these movies are completely unknown to the entire world Or that they are movies Or that they are movies But they are unknown and mysterious to us And we talk about them and dissect them Isn't that right Bartek?
1: Yes, that is right And is this why you called yourself mysterious? I am mysterious And this Mm. is the mystery box? Exactly And I'm
0: semi-mystery? Exactly Mm. So Bartek, we need a guest for this one not always, but we do have one who's mm-hmm. waiting in the wings to talk. Yeah, he's already spoken. He's, he, he's, he's, he's being prepared to talk, mm. and he's been prepared for you to introduce him. Bartek, who is our guest for this
1: episode? Our guest for this episode is yet another returning guest for this show. Oh, excellent. It is the guest that we had on the third episode of, Mystery of the Mystery Box ever made. It is the wonderful Mark Russell. Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Hi, Mark. How are Hi, you? Hi, Ryan. I am good. I am also good, because you chose at random, much <sighs> to our yes. dismay, the film Space Fury. Yes. You happy with your choice? I just want my childhood back. You want? Yeah. <laughs> Did this ruin your childhood? <laughs> Space Fury, everyone. We're covering Space Fury, the movie that asks the question, can space be furious? And the answer is maybe? Possibly. There can be fire. That sounds like Fury. That sounds... There could be crazy people up there. Lots of sound. (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy, is there sound. Mark, you chose this movie at random, and I'm the fool who bought it at an op (laughs) shop and put it in the mystery box. Now, for a piece of information for those listening, which is everyone, I guess, um, this is in a double pack. This is a double feature, special bonus offer double feature, uh, with a movie called Alien Intruder. And Space Fury, uh, Alien Intruder is the one that covers most of the DVD box. It is the biggest advertised one on there. And then in the uh, right-hand corner, a little lower bit right, yeah, lower right-hand corner, small is a uh, Space Fury. And uh, we watched that one because it was the first one on the DVD menu. Yeah. Even though this alludes on the back and on the front that it's going to be Alien Intruder. And alphabetically, Alien Intruder. Yeah, the, the way that... So we were prepping ourselves for Alien Intruder. <laughs> yeah, the way that we do it on this show is if there are multiple
1: like, feature-length films or feature-length things on um, a DVD itself or, or the, the disc, we watch whatever like the default uh, cursor is on. So even though we thought Alien Intruder was what we were going to watch, the first thing that was pointed at was Space Fury. So we ended up watching Space Fury.
0: Now, unfortunately, we did get invested in the idea of Alien Intruder due to the fact that this movie... And I won't bang on about Alien Intruder too much longer. I just wanted to say this. This movie has Billy Dee Williams. So it is going to be, you know, Commissioner Gordon's uh, good friend, Harvey Dent Ryan, himself. I don't
1: know any of that. I only watch Grease.
0: Grease, it has Con- Jeff Con- Conway... Who is Kaneki? Oh, and Max Caulfield, who is uh, uh, a cool rider in Greece too. Yeah. (laughs) So it is a Greece reunion hosted by Billy Dee Williams. But unfortunately, we did not get that epic sci-fi whose tagline (laughs) is the best tagline, which is "In the year 2022, we make contact." Dot dot dot. Too bad. (laughs) But we got Space Fury instead. And what's its tagline? Uh, Space Fury's tagline on the cover here. Is the one danger they didn't count on in space was a killer among them. And Bart's like, I would really love for you to describe the poster and the cover of Space Fury for the listening people at home. Well, fun fact
1: I still have not looked at this cover yet. <laughs> Even right now, as I hold the DVD, I have not looked at it yet. So now, three, two, one. Give us
0: your first impression.
1: Three, two, one. I'm going to look at it. Three, two, one. Okay. That's interesting. So we have a, you know, at the very top, like from left to right at the very top, we've got the name Michael Pear, pear or Paré, because he e has an accent at the top. That's true. Paré, Pear, Pear. Michael Pear. We called him Pear. Um, M- Michael Palin. yeah. And then for about, you know, five-sixths from the top to the bottom, there's um, a planet. I believe it's Earth. I hope so. Yep, but only like a small crescent moon on like the.
0: Now lower... I'll be honest, we did watch the movie, and I have no guarantee that the planet is Earth because whatever planet these people came from well, was told... some <laughs> other Bizarro universe world. Whatever planet Los Angeles and Moscow are on. Okay, fair enough.
1: Um, yeah, but like the small crescent of the Earth is like lit. We can only really see a bit of ocean and either clouds or I is guess Australia Antarctica. there? No, no, I can't tell any uh, continents. Okay, it
0: must be Africa then. Um just to the lower left of the planet, oh no, is a h- bit of fire? Is it just some space fire or is it something engulfed in flames? Yeah,
1: there are thing there are things in a layer in front of the fire that seems to be like a I guess a space ship
0: fury. Oh sorry. <laughs>
1: Kind of looks like a penis, to be honest. Like a metal <laughs> penis.
0: So, space penis,
1: yeah. And some kind of yep. white thing, which, you know. Oh, we, ejaculate. Well, yeah, yeah, when we talking about penis, you think ejaculate, but like it's to the right of the penis. I can
0: ejaculate from the right. Well, there's no <laughs> gravity in. But... I am right handed. <laughs>
1: To be fair, it's kind of looking at the white on that's on the planet, so we don't know. Oh, so jizzed on Earth, yeah. okay. And just below the explosion is the word space, and to the right of space is Fury. Oh no! So the title of the film is like right at the bottom of the poster. That's, that's, that's Fair choice, enough. Some yeah.
0: people do that.
1: But now w- w- I mentioned that you know we saw most of, we see most of the planet on. Oh, so it's so, so, just uh, yeah, a yeah, but, on, but only a small crescent of it is lit. The rest of it is in darkness and. <laughs> Is the word "imposed" in front of it?
0: Uh, yeah, imposed or encompasses.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I should also mention the image on it. Like, not not talking about like the text on it has like this kind of grid over it. Yeah, it's a sci-fi space grid. Yeah, sci-fi space Good. grid. Um, yeah, we've got two faces. It's a lot to gather. I'm sorry. Did I say two faces? One and a half faces. <laughs> One of them being um the serious American of the film Michael Penn. and the French lady. What do they call it? European woman? Yeah,
0: you, uh European person.
1: Yes. And then between them because you know, half the the left from our perspective but actually her right side of the face is like you know, shaded dark, like it's the background, you know, so it's faded out and and Michael Peré, pere whatever, is looking to his right. So the part of his face that's shaded out, we can still see his eyes and everything. Oh no. But in that black space between them, yeah, we have the tagline, you read, which is in nice small red font. font. The fact that it's red makes it easy to read, but the fact that it's small doesn't.
0: Can I just point out something that you have not pointed out? And I think this is very important. I think I've pointed out everything. What is it? The text for Michael Peir is in sci-fi green, mm-hmm. which is very important. Isn't that right, Mark? You're a big fan of sci-fi, and oh, you yeah. know that green, green is a very sci-fi color. Green is the color of aliens. That's that's exactly it. Alien, mm. alien. Like, for
2: example, you know, um, Cornetto Trilogy, green
0: for aliens. And Xenomorph's blood is green, like, because it's acid. No, and Shrek. then the actual Space Fury is this black font that as uh, this red and bright green kind of uh, uh, glow around the edges of it, uh, outlines, outline, I guess, yeah, and that's very important because this lets us know, other than the words space fury and something exploding in space and the space grid, that this is a sci-fi movie. So it's green actor's name, red tagline, and then red and green glow for the title. It's a sci-fi movie, guys, and boy oh boy, aren't red and green like the colours for Christmas? Yes!
1: This is a
2: Christmas
0: classic. Isn't Christmas really a sci-fi concept? No, it's an Urutsuki Doji 2 concept. <laughs> so, here's the thing, guys. I'm going to burst a bubble. Um, I have a history with this um, DVD pack. Okay. Now, it's a mystery box. And it still counts, because I've never watched these movies. Yeah. But this is going to be a... Bartek, just wind up the old broken record, because here I go again... When my parents found out about DVDs, they would buy any DVD ever. And my dad is a huge fan of sci-fi movies. In one of our recent episodes, Friday After Next, for our other show, I mentioned that my dad chose a movie called Astronaut Farmer (laughs) due to the idea that it had some sci-fi potential. My dad has the propensity to buy these types of movies. So, for instance, he has... Uh, a pack of DVDs of the of uh, uh, the the uh, movies that are just straight to DVD sci-fi movies that have space in them or alien in them. He has Alien versus Hunter, which is like a ripoff of Alien versus Predator, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. But he never got around to watching the Space Fury and Alien Intruder. This exact DVD double pack, oh, my wow. father has at home. So I am familiar with this, but never have watched it. Now you have your own copy. Now I have my own. Yay! So you television. and your dad
1: can like open your DVD collections, you'll pull out the same one at the same time? No,
0: me, I'll just <laughs> phone him up and be like, Dad, haven't gone around to Space Fury yet? It's been like 11 years. Come
1: on! <laughs> it's like your dad's favorite film. It's like, why? Why?
0: <laughs>
1: so that's. Well, why... spoiler. Do we
0: like it? <laughs> oh boy! Um, I had feelings. I had some strong um emotions during this. <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> so, let's get down to the nitty gritty of Space Fury. Mark could you please benefit us with a quick overview of what the movie is actually supposed to be about? Oh, God. Um, where to begin? <laughs> I don't
2: think the movie knows for a great portion of it. Well,
1: what's the setup or how does yeah, it begin what's, or something? What's
2: the, what's the... Okay, so the movie opens with... A shuttle attempting to dock at a space station. Well, that's station.
0: after like a fifteen-minute opening sequence of us going through space fire and a bunch oh, of yeah, planets. Oh yeah, yeah. Fire, Saturns, so brown we planet. so we
2: know that it's in space, yeah. And the first line, what is it? I'm on my way.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know,
1: we we really got a great introduction to the the character, and so was she on her way though. <laughs> Well, yeah, she she entered a room that had someone in it. She said, "I'm on my way," and then she walked up to them. She <laughs> was like
0: two steps. <laughs> so yeah, a lady, yeah. a lady's in some kind of space vehicle, space, a space station. Station. I can't remember what's called Tesla Station. No, that was the the people on the ground was like. Was that not Star City? Yeah, but they were the the Tesla Tesla station on Star City. station on in Stars City, and they were called the something something else space station. They had some weird name. I'm right. sure it doesn't matter. Who cares?
2: <laughs> yeah. So you know the um, the Americans are on the shuttle that docks with the space station, and this is where the drama really starts. The drama. Oh, the great action scenes, the great
1: effects. Well, you said the Americans. Like, is that distinct from someone else?
0: Yeah, man. Are there other can- countries involved in this film? Well, there are countries. We have the Russians. <laughs> are there are other cunts in this. The Russians, yes. Australians in this? No. There, there are no other cunts in this. That was us talking over the film. <laughs> That's fair.
2: Continue on, young sir. We had the great action scene of the the shuttle crashing and doing massive structural damage to the station, which is never addressed later on. That's true. Well, it's just t- an accident. That was just an accident. But they they break off h- huge chunks of the station that explode.
0: Yeah, but it's fine though, right? It's fine. It's, it's fine. all fine. That's, it's
2: space. It's yeah. Fire goes out real quick in space. Oh yeah.
0: No air. You're completely That's right. That's
2: safe right. in yeah. space. Safe place you can be really. It's fun. I actually. <laughs> knowing,
0: no, no one knows about OHS in space. <laughs> That's the tagline to Alien, right? <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure.
2: So, yeah. so then from there we're introduced to our our four characters.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't so say main characters. We have the,
1: the we people have, that are set up yeah. to be the main crew.
2: we, yeah. uh, we have the American, the serious American astronaut
0: who has no emotions until he does. Yeah.
2: the black guy who is a golfer
0: who's really happy. Yeah, he's so good. We have
2: the Russian guy Mario. Mario.
0: The guy who looks exactly like Bob Hoskins Mario. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we have the woman who is French.
0: I didn't know she was French until a little while later. Yes, she saw her mm. armband and
1: it has like the French flag, but I thought she was Russian I, too. I can't remember the serious American's name. What
0: was it? Uh, it was... it was Conrad. Conrad, Conrad. yes. The
1: most American name. In, in the credits it was all Kate. I thought he was saying comrade for a
2: lot yeah. of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, so serious American is com, 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 Conrad. Uh, the black American he's either is either Max, Max or Sam. It's I keep calling him Sam for some reason. Um,
0: the woman is Renee because yeah. she's French, and Bob Hoskins is Yuri. Yuri because he's Russian. <laughs> There's only two Russian names in this movie: Yuri and Igor. That's Igor, it. Yeah. Igor or Igor depends which one. It's is again. This is a this is a uh, this is something. Yeah, there are a lot.
1: Those are the four people that are set up to sort of be like the main folks of the film, but there are like 20 more characters or something.
0: The general setup of this movie is people are up in a space station, and the space station has someone on board that is there with ill intent. We know this because we have the other story, which is people on the ground. Uh, There's a policeman that's investigating a murder of a prostitute and it leads to being revealed that that prostitute was murdered by someone who's up on the space station. And And, And it's people on the ground kind of coming to grips with this knowledge of a possible murderer and or terrorist, because there's also terrorism involved, being in the space station. And that's kind of the movie. And, you know, Ryan,
1: with mysteries, it's a really good idea to have, you know, a small group and any one of them can be the murderer because you know there are four characters, so nah, it's like a yeah. you can take your guess like a one in four chance. It's not like half of them are eliminated almost immediately or anything like that.
0: No, 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 you're right, but that's exactly what they do. Yep There <laughs> yeah. is a scene
1: we we learn very quickly that the, the two Europeans, uh Yuri and Renee are uh, are not evil. Uh uh you know, in love with each other, and they have like a sex scene, a and we see scene. yeah, and we see from the perspective of whoever the real killer is watching them, so we know, oh, oh. you
0: assume that was him watching them still is it
1: I, it not? I because we still that.
0: had that camera angle for scenes that that guy was in, did we yes, yes, no, well,
1: right off the right off the bat, listening people, it's the serious American conrad <laughs> but,
0: um, <laughs> we we lasted as long holding the mystery as they did. Yeah, Conrad. There's scenes where Conrad's messing with the with the control panels and whatever, and it's still got that shaky behind a oh, grid cam I'm, because mm. they don't know what the fuck they're doing when making this. Oh. <laughs> don't give them credit. I didn't remember that. There's a scene in which they're being they're having sex, and you were like, "Ooh, now this, now this is something, right?" Bartek and I... Or at least, I did not know what the idea of the plot was because I was elsewhere in another room when Mark read out the synopsis on Your the back. Pee-pee. Uh, and I did not know, but Bartek had this brilliant idea that the movie didn't follow through on. It was just a quick idea that you had, which was they, uh, there's a scene in which these... Yeah, Yuri and Renee are having sex and it's like someone's watching them and, and you said, Ooh... Maybe there's a secret person that's on the ship that we don't know about. Did I say that? Yes. And I just went, that would be great. That would actually be great. Because it's like a murder mystery. It's like a mystery thing. There's only four characters. Wouldn't it be great if there was someone secretly on the ship that we didn't know about? Wouldn't that be fun? And the movie's like, no. We're not here to have fun. We're Mm. here to make complete and utter nonsense that is incoherent. What are you talking
2: about? This is a serious documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: You want to talk about the dubbing then?
2: (laughs) Oh, of course, yeah. It was brilliant.
0: How the film was clearly made with people who didn't speak English and they dubbed them over.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure the people who did the dubbing spoke English really either,
0: (laughs) to be honest. This feels like impotent rage attacking her womanhood. Yeah, this movie has an interesting hook, people. Space station, secret murderer. Great. Great, great, great premise. You can kill people with space in so many interesting ways. Like, this is such a good little idea that you could work with. No alien, no nothing. Just someone on the ship is killing other people for whatever reason. But this movie just pisses it away. It just... Mm. We say or I say, that this movie is about a murder in space. That's not actually what it's about. Like What it's about is the political intrigue of people in a dark office room talking about whether or not they could blow up a space station, people on the ground investigating murders of people we don't know or don't know anything about, Mm. all speaking with thick accents in poor English anyway, and people on the space station just chilling out. Until and, they aren't anymore. And sponsoring Cola and sponsoring Cola. Like, yeah. like, like this movie is and a, an a vague threat of terrorism the murder aspect really doesn't play into much until like the last 20 minutes it just fully focuses on that and you're like why wasn't this more of the movie like why why have the people on the ground be more prominent characters why not just focus on the people in space and the people on the ground have figured it out but they can't communicate with them because of whatever a solar eclipse or or something <laughs> you know what I mean like some sci-fi nonsense point... of why they can't communicate yeah. with them but they do every now and then and you hear like murderer or something interesting yeah, there comes a point where pretty much everyone knows who the the murderer is but... as soon as the first murder happens
1: well no the, the i guess the problem there was like they didn't see the knife they kind of thought like oh he was trying to help him or but whatever. it wasn't a knife he used a um a, a soda can soda can yeah was...
0: yeah so in the movie you have all of these vague plot lines going on and they are vague Vague plot lines. Like, mm. we've covered movies on this show, like with Mark, in, a, uh, in our previous episode with Mark, Mr. Bones, in which that episode we had to take the approach of talking about the movie uh, storyline in plot beats of, like, uh, plot A, plot B, plot C, because that movie had so many subplots. But they were very straight subplots, even though yeah. they were crazy things. Yeah, we could just say, like, all right, let's talk about this plot and talk about yeah, every like, beat. this character wanted this, and he did this to get that. Yeah. This movie... I don't know why they have so many... Plots, and mm. none of them really are plots. Like, they're just not even ideas. They're just, ah, we had to get it in 90 minutes. Yeah, and it's not. Mm. And it wasn't, like,
1: over-the-top baffling like Betaville was, where even if we didn't get that one fully, at least there was just crazy stuff that we can't possibly forget about.
0: Mm. This movie, for long-term listeners, is a mixture of a film that we did called Deep Rescue, mm. which is a movie about a bunch of people being stuck underwater in a rocket. Yeah. And they just do sci-fi techno babble talk and then one of them is crazy for no real reason other than his ears didn't go pop pop. And a meteor apocalypse, a movie that was a faith-based uh, apocalypse movie without the faith. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a movie where asteroids, and meteor's fall to the earth and they just wander around the desert and kind of go from place to place. Yeah. It's those two movies combined. But in a space station. Yeah, a lot darker, a lot less environments. A lot less fun. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess
1: it technically had more environments than, like, Deep Rescue, but at least with <laughs> Deep Rescue it was, like, simple-ish.
0: Yes. But uh, this movie is... It takes a long
1: time to
2: figure out what's happening.
0: Yeah, we just sat there baffled, didn't we? Yeah, for a long time. Because it's just scene after scene of
2: just things happening until you get to that fourth, first boardroom meeting where they actually just tell you what's happening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, then yeah, they, 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 they don't were, um, stop telling but it, you? But
2: like the, the presence of that scene means that all the other scenes before it were pretty much redundant because they just, like... Yeah, it's all just repeating information. Yeah, they
0: couldn't explain the information. Yeah, it was
1: the three of us and your fiance Rachel. We were watching this and, like, each one of us had, like, different elements of, like, just not getting it. Yeah, like Mark actually had the best time with it, and, like, he would say some things, and it's like, oh, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, like, Mark was like, oh, that guy, Max, he's an astronaut. He's a celebrity golfer. Yeah. And I went, what, boy? Yeah. When did that happen? He was, like, yeah, he was he's, sent he's up Tiger there to
1: sponsor Cola. He was sent up there, cola. He yeah, was yeah. up
2: there to sponsor
0: Cola, and I
2: went, oh. And for some reason, they were attaching a Cola tin to the outside of the station.
1: Which, I guess, to be fair, that... That does explain the reason why the first time we see him, he's just like looking at everything in utter awe.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. it's but it's one of these movies where it's just hard for one person to comprehend any of it, like all of it. Mm. Like and that's not like, and that's not to be like, oh, this is a complex movie that has lots of intricacies. Like this is an Inception, right? It's a very this simple just, movie. This is just an incoherent movie,
2: right? Like, have we even talked about like the main plot yet? Murder in space? No, the terrorists who want to crash the space station into L.A. For some reason, they want to do that. And And they get defeated in one scene at the very beginning, so they're entirely mm. pointless. But then the guy they sent up to do it, who is the killer... He's He's unaware of this.
0: But then when he is aware of it, he's like, do you think I was going to follow through with that anyway? And then, spoiler alert, he proceeds to try and follow through with that anyway.
2: And it is never resolved. Spoiler.
0: Oh, yeah, spoiler. There's no resolution. Like, we don't know if
2: L.A. is destroyed or not. No. The movie
0: ends with the space
2: station hurtling through the sky towards L.A. Yeah, but it blows
1: it. up and most of the parts of it vanish, so... But that's
2: what they said. They said it's going to disintegrate and, like, all these different... Shrapnel. Like,
1: are going to meteor Like, meteor apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, they're going to try to blow it up and then there'll be a <sighs> shrapnel apocalypse.
0: This is just the fucking great way to start the year, isn't it? <laughs> like, This was, this was, uh, uh like... The, the thing about this movie too is, and I don't know if you guys felt this way, but a lot of the time with movies and they have titles, they have to earn their title. Mm. Like Toy Story. It's a story about toys, right? Earned. Earned. Castaway, It's a movie about a guy who's cast away. It's earned, earned. right? You're, only, s- you're not even talking about earning. You're just
1: saying matching the title. Matching, yeah.
0: right? And then there are some that like, you know, earn it. Like, like... Seven, it's a movie where you find out a guy's killing seven people because of seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Great, earns it. This movie's called Space Fury.
2: But it's in space.
0: I don't know where the fury aspect comes into this. I thought this like was going to be... Some people like... were furious, but yeah. No, they weren't. <laughs> Well, he was crazy. Was he was like, crazy, though. He wasn't furious. Maybe it's supposed to be Space Yuri and they were still there.
1: But he dies very... He's like the casualty of the film. <laughs>
0: yeah. In space, he died. He died in space. Yeah. He died outside in space. They left his body there. They never retrieved it. That's a, it. that's, it's still there. I do like the name, I do like
1: the idea of Space Fury, it reminds me of Lemonade Joe.
0: Lemonade Joe and Space Fury <laughs> team up together to stop the, the filming of tro- Space Fury. <laughs> the
1: ultimate crossover. I would love it.
0: Yeah, I don't know, did you guys get it, did that bother you that this movie's name is Space Fury, yet it doesn't own its title? To be honest, I, I kind of forgot
2: the was title. was expecting that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, and to begin with, it's the sort of title that you expect from this sort of movie.
0: Exactly. I don't know, man. At least in Meteor Apocalypse... No, no, there was no Meteor Apocalypse. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I I retract that statement. There sort of was. No. (laughs) Look, this movie is boring, Mm. Space Fury. And it's so boring that before we started this episode, we said, all right, let's just list off some things that we should talk about in the episode. Because, in all honesty, the plot is boring. And muddled. Borderline incomprehensible. And borderline incomprehensible. So this movie is nothing but a series of interesting to sad and pathetic and, what I said the most, embarrassing moments. Mm. And unless you guys feel like there's more to really dig deep on in this plot, because really there's nothing. Like, our killer, he has no real motive for killing other than allegedly terrorists find out he killed a prostitute. And then they hold that over him to kill in space. But he was already Mm. crazy. Like, why did he kill a prostitute? You know what I find amazing is that
2: in the time it took him
0: to kill a
2: prostitute, be recruited by the terrorists, and then be sent up into space... The body was
1: still lying in the street. And breathing. Yeah. <laughs> well the breathing wasn't a plot thing. Are you sure? <laughs> that was an acting floor, I believe Ryan. <laughs> Are
0: you sure? <laughs> that was a
1: that was a crime scene of a look, dead body. Look, they were, they look, look, like, here's the thing. If happen.
0: Mark turned around to you right now and said it was a part of the plot, it I would was. believe him because he, he was paying
2: attention. They were going for like uh like the body was possessed by an alien. I wish. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's, I that's what it was, but it was, f- it was very subtle. I wish you there was a stinger at the I Again, mean, where
1: she even, wakes up at the morgue and
0: she's like... Oh, ah!
1: Even Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid had a character die
0: and they were still, like,
1: breathing, technically.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember that. Um No, this movie's borderline incomprehensible and talking about the plot elements is kind of...
1: pointless? Well, look, if, even if we were to compare this to uh, our planning for Beta Villa, we just said, here's the main plot, here's the rest... We kind of have given the main plot. Yeah,
0: I mean, but, like, you know, with a movie, there's far more interesting things. Like, we could talk about character motivations and character dynamics and and this interesting thing and that interesting thing and da-da-da. This has none of that. Like, Yuri and Renee, we don't know them as a couple. He gets murdered early on, and she doesn't really react to it, which is kind of weird. And well, yet, we don't learn anything about her, her character, character.
2: Isn't her whole character, her pu- whole purpose in this movie, that she has breasts?
0: She does have breasts, and she shows them off in one scene for no particular reason other than the director wanted to wank, wank that day. <laughs> it was like... Take your dop off. And she's like, uh, do I have to? It sounds like you were yes. slurping. like you were like slurping a
1: drink, but you're emot- like emoting a cigarette. Okay, slurping
0: a drink. Take your dop off. Why? Cause I have raging hard on and I need to jerk it. And she's like, okay. Yeah,
1: he's prepared, he got erect first. Yeah, well, he's, <laughs>
0: he's always erect He <laughs> needs a film to release that erection into the video streaming, into the video service, and then I buy his ejaculate on DVD, and we put it in my DVD player, and we watch so, it, and then I make a podcast about so it. So now we know, the shape on the cover
1: is a penis. That, yeah, so it's his penis. I was about to say, yeah, we, like, Oh my god, it's subtle. Penis.
0: The director's saying his penis is so big, it needs to be put in space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shocked. I'm so shocked that he, he put that on the cover. He kind of warned us from the very beginning, that he has a big penis. Okay, no, 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 squirt a bigger one and give it more. All right, kid. All right, that's (laughs) better. I'm going to say one of my favorite scenes in the movie is... Okay, imagine this. A terrorist, I do believe, has uh, left behind a, a laptop with data that needs to be, uh, like, hacked into before this encryption, blah, blah, blah. And so a soldier throughout the whole entire movie is sitting at the table with this laptop, <laughs> and he looks like he's falling asleep. And he's in this, like, what is clearly someone's, like, garage. Like, yeah, the like director's garage. Garage,
1: but it's meant to be, like, the corner of a warehouse or
0: something. Yeah? He, the director's car hole. And he's sitting there and he looks like he's falling asleep. And then it will cut to the computer and it's like a bunch of codes and shit. And then it hard cut. And Maya I say, when this happens to the camera is on the guy and the camera pans to the upper right corner. So it's a movement and then cut to a window. A metal window, like a metal wall with a big hatch window, and it's got the sky, but we figured out very, very soon that it wasn't the sky, it was a planet Earth, and it was spinning. Yeah. And then it cut again back to the guy on the laptop and then cuts to them on the space station. And I said, what the fuck is that window? Like, is this guy sitting? Like, we figured out it's actually a window on the space station. That was probably my favorite nonsense moment of editing and cutting and just what the fuck was that? Yeah. This guy's plot serves no purpose because it's really repetitive. Like, was there
1: anything other than him falling asleep and then cutting to but the But he wasn't code? supposed
0: to be looking like he was falling asleep. I think yeah. the actor just looked like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but and even the code wasn't interesting because it was just the same thing every time. It wasn't even like characters. It was like yeah. squares and stuff.
0: And it served no purpose, because at the end, he gets footage to show that the killer was the killer all along. It was literally yeah. padding. But,
2: like, there's <laughs> there's no way he could have got that footage, because the footage is of the murder happening, like, from the murderer's
1: perspective. Yeah. It's like, who took this footage? Yeah. <laughs> there were two angles, too, because there was the angle of the woman and the angle of the guy. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So, it was a filmmaker. <laughs> We filmed mm. it. The terrorists had an elite film mm. crew that really did cinematography on it. And like, they did really good close-ups that <laughs> were undetected. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, no, he knew. He knew, but he was too much of a killer to care. Mm. He was actually like, actually, is this a good angle for me to stab her? And she was like, no! And he's like, okay. To, oh, I'll go to the left a little. Oh, stand on my, stand on my, oh, this film's Dutch angles were incredible. It's yeah. all across, like Battlefield Earth. Almost.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, the, the shot was like, the text was like, this is Moscow, and then it cut to a shot that was on a Dutch angle, I was like, oh, it's a bit more Dutch than Russian.
0: <laughs> you made that joke, yes, yeah. Yes, I did, yeah. I, I, I just focus on that hacker scene. Yeah, it's completely pointless, because we know, as do the characters know, quite clearly who the killer is. Because it's narrowed down to the Amer- two American characters, one of which, the, 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 the golfer, he just has the most airtight alibi in the universe, which is he's been busy being an, an active celebrity golfer. Like, you know what I mean? like Yeah. And the other guy, we don't know what his alibi or his situation is, and of course and also it's the, him. And also
1: in the first half of the movie, he's like this very stoic, serious character.
0: And he gets angry. Yeah. Very he, angry. He gets
1: furious.
0: Uh, <sighs> so the whole hacking sequence, which takes up five to ten minutes of the movie. If you
1: piece it all together, I think, yeah
0: is completely pointless. It doesn't help the characters on the ground. They already know this. It's basically... But they don't even care. Like, the,
2: like one of the first things they do when they learn that there's a killer aboard is they try and blow up the station. Yes. With everybody on board still alive. Can who, we talk about who that? Who makes the
0: decision? It was uh, a bunch of random Russian generals talking to the Je- deputy premier of Russia who looks exactly like John Goodman. And um Whoever plays Azamat in Borat. Had a child who, <laughs> who grew up in Russia. This guy decides and he's getting a haircut <laughs> while deciding and it's just <gasps> It's so cute, and, it,
1: and it's not like a a camera that where like his face is the middle of the frame. It's like like sort of just we, can below the haird- we can see her, we can see the hairdresser. It's like so we can see like the upper half of his torso. He's big fat guy. Yeah, he's getting a bit of a haircut,
0: <laughs> and they're asking, "Can we launch a missile?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Like he, it almost looks like
1: he could have been wearing like a bib and
0: he's ready to eat or something. Well, you do wear bibs when you get a haircut. Mm. So well, like yeah, big like smock. He needed things, a yeah. smock, but yeah. He's decided, yeah, let's launch a rocket with our own men on board and a, and a Europa woman and uh, two Americans. And that won't start an incident. And of course it does, but it doesn't actually, because all it starts is him getting a a little bit of a talking to from some lady. Yeah, because... Some lady who's like, we did not approve of this. We would have if you asked. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't no, even speak to start, them. He's got a translator. He's got a translator. But that, that would translator... have started an international incident. But no, 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 it's okay. You know, this film had a few really weird moments of
1: like, because, you know, we had a lot of hard times understanding a lot of characters. That's right. And I remember in whenever it cut to that black boardroom, that mysterious room. the room like,
0: where they're in a black void? A black <laughs> void with nothing but a lit desk and a few like, yeah, general That's rooms. always in movies, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. where are these black voids at? Like, I've never gone into a boardroom that's in a mm. black void. Yeah, but, but, like, in that black void, like, all the
1: characters spoke really clearly. Like, the translator for that Russian guy, who we, he never, like, speaks again. He's always whispering to the translator, whoever that was. Yeah. Like that translator like spoke really well. It's like, oh, this guy's But that's like the one scene in the movie where things are clear. And what (laughs) I thought was that they
2: made the movie, realize it made no sense, so they inserted these boardroom scenes in to explain the plot to the audience. Yeah. That's what I thought they
0: were. What annoys me, and I know that this might be a generalizing statement. Yeah. But in my brain, I would assume on some level. That a Russian leader would know how to speak some English in modern day. Did he not speak English? No, because in the scenes that we have, he's speaking English, but it's supposed to be Russian, right? Like, we the audience here are hearing English, but they're clearly speaking Russian to each other. So was that
1: a convenience thing?
0: Yes. Like, I think in the universe, he can only speak Russian, so every time we saw him talk... He's speaking Russian, but it's actually uh, English for us subtitles, audiences. subtitles are too hard. for them Or the getting actors who can actually speak Russian, because <laughs> <laughs> this guy may look the part, but doesn't mean he can speak Russian.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
0: that brings us into the best character of the movie for Bartek, which is Russian detective Igor. Yeah, Igor or Igor, depending who you are in the movie. Like, yeah, when the when the film
1: first started, and like we like sort of. I won't say we got introduced to everyone, but we saw kind of everyone throughout it. Like, it had this kind of potentials of, like, the four crew members up in space... Even though later on we realized, oh, they're kind—they're pretty boring. At least they were like really distinct characters. Like there was Russian guy, the French woman, and the two Americans were also different. So there was like potential for some character dynamics. And then you have this Russian detective who, you know, he's got like you know big nose, thick accent. He's got like jawline a, beard, jawline beard. He's got a crutch, and he's very assertive, and like he's em- yelling
0: at his underlings. He emotes
1: with his hands. Like this is a, this is a character that we can do stuff with.
0: Yeah, and then they don't. And then, like,
1: three quarters of his scenes, like, the last three quarters even, he's just standing around, like, <laughs> not even moving, so, like, the crutch is almost pointless and...
0: Yeah, like, like there's a character there that they just squandered, right? Like, yeah, like, he he scolds people in his first quarter of the screen like, time. Like, here's a movie you could do. You could have these two storylines going on. You have guy investigating murder of a prostitute figures out that it's an astronaut and has to make his way through the chain of bureaucracy and whatnot mm. to get to the astronaut people and tell them, the cosmonaut people, we should say, and tell them there's a murder, and then they go, oh, shit, and try and communicate with them, right? That could be an interesting movie. And the other storyline is the murder up there. Yeah. And, and we don't know who the murderer is until the investigator figures it out. Boom. Great. And make that character the most likable character. That would be great. Yeah. This potential. That, that Maybe was... even make them the main character and then you go, oh yeah. my god, well, I trusted he's... the main character or at least and I like, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Oh my god. And then like a no. A solid, solid mm-hmm. A and B plot. Yeah. Well, his
2: name is like the heading on the cover.
0: Yeah. Michael Pear. Yeah. Like, he's the top build actor and it's just like, you know, you could have done something interesting there. Like, I'd rather it just all be up in space and the people on the ground are just radio people like, mm. that get cut out for most of the movies so mm. you have that isolation but... Yeah, that detective character, you're right. Like, he was a fascinating character, and then they did nothing with him. He just stood there and served no purpose. Yeah,
1: in a room full of a bunch of people who just stand or sit there,
0: and... Yeah, exactly. They kind of blend together. It's pointless. Like, you have a head scientist guy who's boring... What were they they even doing? They were just standing there making sure that the technical stuff runs well, and hmm. then they decided, no, I'm just going to stand here and do nothing instead and just waste the detective's time. Every now and then the detective will pipe up, have a scene with the head scientist and be like, you best listen to me, we have to arrest him, blah, and and, and then he would do nothing.
1: Yeah, I, I remember when we were watching the film, or maybe it was right after, no, we were watching it, and... You know, we were sort of dwelling on, but not directly, this idea that, like, there's a pet- there's potential here. And I said something. I don't know if you agreed with me, or you were just letting me talk. But I was saying, like, this is a film that has these ideas. And if you could just change little bits of it, yeah. we can have at least a competent film. Maybe not amazing, but competent. But, like...
0: Yeah, it's called... You have to kill your darlings. Because clearly, this, whoever this is, as incompetent as they may be, they had a ton of ideas that they wanted to chuck out there. Mm. But they didn't f- fully realise each idea and you really just have to kill your darlings kill the things that you love so get rid of this subplot get rid of that character get rid of this and this focus your piece that's what great films do they focus on things a lot a, a good ton of great films are very simple yeah and but, focused on certain on few things this is just scatterbrained
2: do you believe god finds all people to be of equal value in
0: Barzek, you found uh, you mentioned this in our Rutsiki Doji episode, and I imagine you should mention it here more. Funny accents. You are a sucker for funny accents. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie was particularly effective on you. Yeah. I I you know, I found it particularly funny because every now and then you when they were speaking Russian, when they actually had Russian speaking, you would understand some words because it kind of bleeds into Polish stuff. Yeah,
1: there were only two points where like an overhead speaker was like making a repeated thing. Like the only thing that I could point out was oh, they said uh, the word important. Which is? Uh, in Polish, it's ważny. But I think there's also a form where you say provozny. And I think they said provozny.
0: Okay. Yeah, like that was it, it something. Happens, it
1: happens to me a lot when like there's Russian in films. Like, usually, and I think I always point it out when I'm with friends. I told Malloy about it once, like, oh, that must be annoying. But I'm like, oh, people don't really call me out on it or anything.
0: I will. <laughs> no, you
1: won't. Okay. I'm too good.
0: What is it about funny accents that get you?
1: I suppose an element of the funny might be that, like, it doesn't sound completely natural. Yeah. Like, even if someone speaks naturally in their accent, there's, like, a kind of consistency to it. And even that can be sort of funny, I guess. But, like, if it's it's done a bit poorly or they're trying to act while being in the accent, it comes off as a bit awkward.
0: Do you have a favorite funny accent in a movie? Or bad accent? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. I <laughs> know, there's, there's a ton. There's a ton. Oh. There's, there's a good amount of them there. I personally like it whenever Bender Cumberbatch tries to put on an American accent. <laughs> because the thing about accents, too, is you can tell... Their mouths. When you look at their mouths, how uncomfortable it is when people have to put on accents, especially American accents when they're British. And Benedict Cumberbatch's mouth is like fully all over the place. Like it's always like oh, I'm now like all over his fucking face. And when he's like doing Doctor Strange, I just can't buy it ever because I'm like this mouth action. It always cracks me up. Like when I saw Adventures of Infinity War and he's talking and I just I'm just like, <laughs> and that's why you know. I know it's a part of the character design, but I feel like they have to give him the goatee to kind of hide his mouth. <laughs> it's kind of like um, whenever uh, Tom Hardy has to do an American accent, they have to hide his mouth. Mm.
1: I, I feel like some of the characters in this film had like inconsistent accents. Oh, you don't say! Yeah, like
0: even like Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said... he's all like hot dog, and then he's like sorry.
1: Yeah, sorry, like, a Canadian... We found at the end of the credits that, like, a Canadian
0: film company made this or something. That's apparently correct. I'm going to take your word on it. But you you are a sucker for the accents. And accents I, and funny voices. And I'm yeah. a sucker for you being a sucker for those accents. Because whenever you find them funny, I find them funny. For me, I don't find them as inherently funny as you do. Mark... This movie seemed to drain to me, the I, I life also, out of you. I
1: also love Metal Gear Solid Two, and that has a lot of funny bad accents. Oh, I also
0: <laughs> love that in Metal Gear Solid Two because I hate that game so much. I love saying nothing here. Mark, the movie sucked the life out of you. It did. But was there anything that stood out for you as enjoyable moments in um, good or bad ways? Because there was a lot here. There was gold there's, in those here a lot mountains. Potential. Yeah. Yeah,
2: uh, I don't know. It's just like sometimes the movie does something and you're like, ooh, it's going to go this way and then it doesn't. No. And you get your hopes up and then you just start sort of start imagining a better movie. Yeah. So for example, I was imagining a movie where it's like a sort of like a, you know, I don't know, like Agatha Christie murder mystery in space mm. and it's like there's more crew members and one
0: of them is the murderer. I would whatever. love if Perot was in space. It would be great. And <laughs> I, was, so I was imagining
2: that movie a lot of the time. And it was interesting. It's called
0: Doctor Who. You could watch it anytime, mate. He's basically space pro, having solved solve crimes and mysteries in space. There you go. No, I agree. Like, I, this movie, I, I wanted to try and find some more funny moments. Like we were saying before the episode, oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. But to be honest, mainly this movie was a lot of me going, ah, wouldn't it be better if it did this? Mm. Yeah, that's I think what on I am saying. Yeah, like, this is the movie that we've done on the show that I think has wasted its potential the most. mm 'Cause even Lamer even other movies like uh Jack Hunter, it followed through on its Indiana Jones-ness. Like it followed through on its yeah. Indiana Jones like plot. Yeah, even though way more than this did on its potential of a sci-fi mystery murder. And thing. and for a film that was setting up
1: sequels, it did a good job in its first. Entry. Oh yeah, Jack yeah. Hunter, yeah. And this Not that we liked it, but yeah.
0: I you know, I enjoyed it far more than this. This mm. this is just a big disappointment. There are some other interesting little funny moments. Like, I think really the film picks up in the last act of the movie when uh, Michael Pear's character goes full Jack Torrance and just starts hunting down Renee with a knife. And mm. Renee is smart and dumb at the same time. Yeah. But the, the killer is dumber. Renee!
2: You can't possibly win! <laughs> Not against an intelligence like mine. He
0: uses that. Uh, he uses there's this um robotic arm that's on the outside of the space station, and he uses the the grab onto her. But they the filmmaking's so so disappointing because. In space, you can't hear things. Yeah. And it would be great. She's she's not knowing it. And then we can see that it's slowly coming up on her. Of end. all the
1: times to cut out the sound, by the way. Of
0: all the times to cut out the sound. But instead, she's immediately aware because she can hear it. Clang, clang. Clang, Yeah, he makes it like snap
1: together like an idiot. <laughs> and, that, and that very quickly... <laughs> and you quickly, still won't hear
0: that. Like, and that
1: very quickly led to one of our favorite, like, hang on film moments. Rituals. Which was down in Mission Control, they noticed... That he was using this arm to try to get Renee. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. And one of the crew members, I think it was the blonde woman.
0: Uh, one of the tech people on the ground.
1: offered a thing of like, hey, is there any way for us to like override and take control of this arm?
0: Because I do believe in the past we've had to do that before. Yeah.
1: And one of the characters has this tone of... I'm going to explain to you why we can't do that, but every single thing he says is basically saying we have the capability to control this arm because we have this, 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 and
0: this. But he's saying it like he can't. Yeah. Like, 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 well. We can but and like and he, then he explains how they can. Like, like usually when you hear we can, but then you're thinking, oh well they can't. Yeah, so this is basically. And like- basically
1: my immediate reaction like I was doing a little like skit with you and Rachel was basically I picked up a chocolate and I put it right in front of Rachel and I said, Rachel, I want to give you this chocolate right here, but I can't give it to you. This chocolate right here. Right in front of you, that is like within
0: reach of you. And then I said, like, No, I the best way you do this is you, you say that you can give me the chocolate in that tone of voice and then give me the chocolate. And yeah. then I just I can't it. give it to you, and then I take it back and yeah, it was it was weird. It's like why are you speaking like that? Then do it. That's a great sci-fi idea moment, right? So he's got the metal clamp arm. And he clamps her and she's unaware of it and, and that could be interesting. Or when he murders Yuri, he has the Coke can that's been unspelled, which is actually quite neat because that could easily frame the uh, the golfer guy who's up there for the Coke Can thing. That could be a great framing device, right? If if they're all outside, that could be mm. interesting and and they're all spread apart on the space station. He walks up behind him and slashes his tube, and we don't know who it is because it's from a first-person perspective.
1: And we could have even had something goofy like he uses his golf club to throw to launch something. That
0: could be fun I said that it wouldn't be great if, at the end um, Max hits him with a golf club uh, but like you know there's there's so many great little sci-fi notions you could do like I thought the metal clamp arm was going to be used again to mm. hurt a um, bad guy Yeah. like maybe he's outside and he's grappling onto their space craft while they're trying to get away and then Houston uses the grappling thing to grab him and he's stuck and then it's going... I thought that could be something cool like you set up something pay it off but in the end they just don't. They're just like oh here's a problem we solved it like that like mm. it, it wasn't a problem. Hey isn't there a safety override protocol that we can uh, control the arm here from Earth? Yes in the event of a shipwide disaster the arm had to be rigged so it could be operated from
2: Earth. It operates on a separate communication system.
1: Are you telling me we can get control of the arm here?
2: Well, we should be able to do it. Yeah, I can override the primary
0: arm control to your systems. There is one character we need to highlight. My favourite character, which is Max's PR lady. We didn't know what she was for a very long time. She was just this very... When I say we, I mean Bartek and I, because we didn't know Max was a celebrity. Yeah, she was this very energetic, like, I think American woman
1: that was just in the space station.
0: And she has, like, one of those, like, uh, uh, those corporate lady hairstyles, and Mm. she's wearing those blouses with the big collar like pearl necklace i think A pearl necklace and she's always on the mobile phone with the with the antenna on it the flip phone with the antenna on it and and she was the best i liked her <laughs> cuz she was simple you understood what she was about she was about like capitalistic idealism idealism. Like she was a capitalist mm. who had ideals of being even more capitalist. And like and the, it's just like great and the and personality in a room own, with a bunch of communists. Yeah, and she's
1: like got this personality of like a really excited high school girl.
0: Yeah, but also that old new like that old Hollywood style lady that was kind of like get your hands off of me, see? Yeah. Like she had and, a bit of that too. like and she had just some like, gusto. Like, yeah, just I, like I liked her. Just
1: like my favourite character, a character.
0: Yes, but she followed through. Yeah, your one stopped she continually and to the point in which she let our main uh, one of the main characters know about the plot yeah because the crew didn't know about a murderer even though they do and then she breaks the code and just goes no there's a murderer Max and we know it's not you and, and she actually followed through on her character. And that's why I liked her. At first, I liked her jokingly because she was very loud and over the top. But by the end, she actually became a legit favorite character for me because she at least followed through. Yeah, there was a point where... On being a character. Like,
1: obviously, we saw that first time and then a lot of time passed and you were like, man, I miss my favorite character. And
0: then when I said that, she just came back and she was there for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wasted potential. Yeah. I, I
1: remember even with... Um... The the Yuri character, like, at first, he was, like, the first moment of us being, like, I can't understand any of his dialogue. He's, it's too quiet.
0: Yeah, because the music's so loud. Yeah,
1: but then it kind of got redeemed when we could finally understand him, and, like, he had this, like, good, like, leadership skills among the group. And he looked like Mario. And he looked like Mario. And, and you th- made the best joke. Yeah. And,
0: uh, <laughs> Which he, was when he died, yeah, That's right? what I was leading to, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, he he and the serious American guy, Conrad, were out in space, like, working on something on the, like, station, outside. Outside! 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 <laughs> outside. And, uh, that's where he was, like, his, his tube was slashed by Conrad using the, the can... And like you see uh, Mario's face, I keep calling Mario. Um, Mario, and he like he just has a serious face, and like you you can see the moment he died. And then I just made a joke like, what if you put the Mario death sound like that
0: would have been the best if they put that there. Yeah. Did they ever use that music in the Super Mario Brothers movie for when anyone died? I haven't seen
1: the Super Mario movie. Oh, I Mario have. I
0: should know, but
1: I don't. I know that they still use it in the games. Because it's,
0: it's, 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 it's iconic. Like, I know it's iconic, yeah. It is so iconic. A lot of things are iconic. Another thing about this movie is there's just logical fallacies that you can't wrap your brain around. So, like, for instance, our killer guy has a knife. He eventually gets tranquilized, knocked out, and tied up with masking uh, duct tape. Eventually he bites his way out of the duct tape. But our lady left the knife with him. Yeah. They could not separate <laughs> him in <and> the night. <laughs> I know it's an audio podcast, but um, I gotta point out Mark just leaned back in his chair side and just shook his head in a no-reactor, like like like, dear Lord, like and you the, were just it so was dumb. The characters are
2: just
1: so dumb. But it's
0: annoying because she did some smart things, but then she's so dumb. He got knocked out
1: like three or four times in this film and like every single time the knife was still near him for him to pick
0: up or Max finds out there's a killer he knows who the killer is and they're at the mess hole where whatever right they're eating food and Max comes in and he does the stupidest thing here's what he should have done and this would have been an interesting movie mm. get Renee by herself tell her that he's the killer and maybe you could go two ways they both know and he doesn't know that they know they right. use
1: like his perceived ignorance right. to, their and to their
0: advantage, or he overhears them knowing together, and then that kicks off. And then the... they have the perceived ignorance of thinking exactly. And you yeah. could go two ways, but instead, Max is standing right behind him. These two have already had confrontations with one another because they don't get on. Uh, because uh, Michael Pear's a racist because he's like, stop playing that jungle music. <laughs> Which is beautiful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the black man, uh, who's just playing some yeah, electronica like, hip hop, yeah, some kind of like funky music to dance to. It wasn't even that uh, jungly if you had to go there, but uh, mm. it's more electronic. But they have a he, he's standing behind him and he just decides, I'm gonna scream out murderer and try and hug him. Yeah, and it, then he gets the shit beat out of him, and he's knocked unconscious for pretty much the rest of the movie until like the final, the scene, final scene, which is your Deus Ex Machina, where he saves the day like mm. out of nowhere. But he look, totally lost the ability, and for the rest of the, for a good portion of the movie, she thinks that oh, Max went crazy and he's the bad one, and that Michael Pair Conrad is all right. And I hate that. I just hate that bullshit when you have to stretch that for convenience sake or plot sake in this regard when realistically even Max wouldn't have done that. Like, you know, I mean, it just was so contrived, but it was funny though. Yeah. He decides to hug him. Like you thought, Bartek, that he had some kind of wire or rope and he was going to try yeah, and it's, it's, garrot him, basically. It, yeah, it's not
1: so much that I thought like, oh, he definitely had that. It's the action that he took, took. That it was like, how do I interpret this? Because it looked like... You know, Conrad was sitting and he was, and Max was standing. Max heads over to him from behind, from behind, like his arms are spread out as if like going for a hug from behind. He like
0: puts his arms around him, around in him. a you know, pulling motion, like he's does something in his hands. Yeah, he
1: pulls his hands back, and obviously there's nothing between him, so he like doesn't do anything, and then. Conrad counters that with a punch, which does something, and it's... And then
0: he grabs him and smacks his head into several things, deservedly. Like, if I... You know what? he Max deserved it. Like, he was a fucking
1: pussy. Like, to make it sound a bit simpler, it's like if I were to, like, head towards Ryan with, like, a pushing motion, and my hands go, like, to both sides of his head. And I just
0: slap him in the dick. And then
1: Ryan's like, okay, well, punch me in the face. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't do anything, and Ryan got a free hit in. And I won. And I got knocked out for the next half hour.
0: Um, yeah... But God, no, 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 here's the thing, like, uh, Mark and I are fans of sci-fi more than you, Baltic, I would say. You seem to be more a fan of anime sci-fi, I would say. Sort of. Sci-fi is like a really interesting thing,
1: but I feel like most sci-fi that I watch just doesn't quite hit it for me. Yeah. well, like, it's something I really want to like and see good things of. Like, I love Terminator, that's one thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: But, yeah. See, I'm a huge fan of sci-fi, as is as is Mark and we've seen a lot of sci-fi stuff movies and when I was watching this I thought of Star Trek mm. there's an episode in Star Trek Voyager in which uh, a crew member played by Brad Dourif who's the voice of Chucky yep. and he's also uh Billy Babbitt's in uh oh yeah Billy Bibbit Bibbit yeah, So yeah. Billy Bibbit in uh One Floor of Fault the Cougar's Nest yeah. right and he's a guy used by Psychos in Star Trek Voyager, he brutally murders another crew member, which is very unusual for Star Trek. Usually people get killed by monsters or accidents or stuff, not another person killing someone else in cold blood. And I thought that's an interesting concept. And this whole sequence on the ship of a guy brutally murdering someone and covering it up, but he's still emotionally a psychopath and can't cover it up too well, remind me of that Star Trek episode, but not as nowhere near as interesting and good. And we've seen so many things like Mark and I said this is like Event Horizon Mm. like sci-fi ship murder stuff but no as good like Mark did you at least enjoy when Michael Pear went full Jack Torrance on the ship at least because I think I did I I actually enjoyed when he went full again
1: it's like a character
0: it's (laughs) a character it's a character character yeah that's for sure
2: and he starts crying (laughs) and he's like stroking his knife (laughs) And, like, holding it up to his face yeah. with my He squeezes it. <laughs> and one name. of
1: the times where Renee gets in on him is when she has, like, this emotional therapy session with him after he's just been threatening to, like... Dissect. Dissect <laughs> Max. Max by saying, like, oh, Renee, is there any particular organ you want me to cut or something like that? Yeah, dissect. Re- and know. Renee, like, looks all serious. And then she just walks in as if like, wait, I have an idea. And she just, like, talks to him like a child and he, like, spills his heart to her.
0: And then she betrays him. And
1: then she betrays him by, like, And he injecting literally a says, you betrayed me!
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, the room! <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like, did you enjoy him going full hog? It was amusing. <laughs> it yeah. was
1: something that the
0: film gave us, at least. Again, for the this ending. is uh, yeah. could you imagine this in a could-you-imagine-this-in-a-good-movie. Yeah. Like, he, he, we said, you know, I have to kind of retract this a little bit. We said, like, he's an astronaut he would have gone through intensive psychic evaluation like psyche eval, right yeah it would have made more sense if he was like a Hannibal Lecter type serial killer mm-hmm. nut job. But at the same time, I kind of would like the idea of space madness setting in. Mm. Like mm. He, he's basically mm. the Shining but he's in been space. Up there for, like a day. He's been
1: up there for literally two
0: days. That if that. I mean, we
1: did kind of compare it to Deep Rescue, where in Deep Rescue one of the astronauts did go crazy because he didn't have his, his pop ears, his yeah. ears. Yeah. Which this film very <laughs> early on had everyone pop their ears. So. so
0: so you were like, oh, it's not Deep Rescue <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what was? Wouldn't it? Be a plot twist if the secret crew member hadn't popped there. Is but then there was no secret crew member and I was very very disappointed there
1: were that. I think there are two things I can point out that we haven't mentioned yet that like kind of lead into this film's self-perception that it is Good. Uh, that, that's yeah, no, no, it thinks it's good. A bad. Uh, it's a bad way to put it, but, but basically there are two moments that I can think of, well, moments, things. Of self-propelled ignorance. One of them is when Renee and Conrad are having, like, a melee fist fight, and mm. it, like, not only goes into slow motion, but it shows us the same shot of her, like, roundhouse kicking again. But from a slightly different angle. But from a slightly but different angle. But it's the exact angle. same shot. So it's like, oh, is this meant to be, like, an action film, and if it was, wouldn't you use, like, three shots? Like, that doesn't... Like not yeah. not only is it like arrogance, of like yeah, look how cool this is, but the film doesn't doesn't it doesn't fit for this film.
0: Yeah, and I know that astronauts or cosmonauts and they're physically fit and military background, but it's not like they set up this very small petite woman with a hourglass figure and anything mm. like the small woman that she's like this military badass. Like for instance, we did the the core yeah. on unappreciated masterpieces. And uh, that movie set up that uh, San, uh, not Sandra Hilary Swank's character had a military background and she could physically sort things out, right? Yeah. Excellent. She's a small lady, but they sort that out at the very beginning. This movie, she's just, like, kicking ass. It's like, what, is she fucking Lara Croft all of a sudden? Like, where did this come from? Well, we
1: know she has breasts. <laughs> she does have breasts. They did show us that. And the other thing that the film seems very proud of is... We mentioned mysteries before, right? And a yeah. key element
0: of mysteries... Oh, in the mystery box? Did we mention
1: mysteries? <laughs> we mentioned mysterious things, but uh, I'm talking about actual like mystery genre. One of the key things in them is the reveal. Mm-hmm. How many times did we see the exact same reveal in this film?
0: <laughs> like 15 million <laughs> times.
1: We were joking at one point that the reveal would be like the ending stinger after the credits. <laughs> the post credit stinger would be the detective smoking. He's like, oh my god, the killer all along. Yeah. 15 is exaggerated, but I think there are at least three or four times where we see the exact same... Oh, I think it's like five, six, eight times. The exact same sequence of different characters looking at like Mm. the grainy footage of the killer of the the woman in Moscow and then it like you know ungraining and revealing (gasps) it was Conrad but but, like from many different people and everyone having the revelation but even at that point we already know who the killer is as do they we the audience know and the film most of the characters do know but that's like the official reveal for everyone watching the footage
0: it annoys me that the PR woman knew from the very beginning and they never listened to it. that's not like that's a story line mm. it's not like she's like clearly it's this guy no 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 that's yeah, well, not. A story well, line. like
1: we said she's not in it for like the second quarter of the film <sighs> and at that point like, yeah.
0: potential yeah the reveal is always important if you're going to have it be a mystery because you could do this with us knowing and they don't know and that could be interesting like a Columbo type thing or mm. something but not interesting that's clever though that's too clever for, for this movie
2: I was never allowed pets my mother was a very religious woman we argued often. She explained away evolution as God's way of putting the Earth on autopilot, because He had so many other worlds to create.
0: Your mother sounds like a wise woman.
2: Actually, she was quite insane.
0: The movie just ends, too. And we like, yeah. never find out what happens. They just LA. land, and then they're like, "We made it." And then this was so baffling, and I couldn't believe it. Until Bartek vocalized, like I knew what it was happening, but Bartek had to vocalize it. I think it was you, Bartek. Oh, doing the helicopter. No, no. Eventually, it zooms out into space, and it plays the very beginning of the movie of us going through space, but backwards. Yeah. The same sequence but backwards. Basically, the beginning is not like it's not like it's that sequence. Like, uh, like it's a sequence where it's going through space, but it's going instead of landing on Earth. It's just that's where we begin, and it's literally they rewound it, like they put it backwards. Not not like they did a new series of animations and they went backwards for it instead. And what was the point of it going backwards? what is is it trying to say this movie's a circle. Yeah, basically, the beginning of the film
1: is we see like we there's a fiery thing, camera goes through we pass a brown planet maybe it was Jupiter or something we pass a transparent Saturn as Mark pointed out we go through the asteroid belt and then we see I think Earth and the sun behind it, and then it, like, 180s around the Earth. The ending, 180 around the Earth, going through the asteroid belt. Saturn, the thing I think was Jupiter. And I think at that point, I'm like, are we going to see the fiery thing next? And then we see the fiery
0: thing. Yeah, and I, I knew as soon as it started, but I just was so mystified. about, no, no, they're not doing that. And then you asked, and I was like, they are doing that. And I was just like, mm. sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, when you see something so shocking and you know exactly mm. what it is, but until someone else verbalizes it, do you really let it mm. sink in? Was that thinking... was the ending of this movie!
2: And they didn't even resolve the main plot. That's what annoys you most. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just. Oh, the terrorist thing, yeah. It That falls into LA, and I guess everyone dies in LA, who knows? I guess that was another weird thing. In
1: the opening credits, like, it did the thing of, like, this actor, this actor, this actor, and this actor as this character. And they appeared in one scene? That character appeared in one scene. With four tanks, though. Yeah, with four tanks. And the character, like, stands <gasps> in the middle of this, like, battle between his military Smoking force a cigar and, and having ter- a
0: cup of soup. Like
1: obviously, if I was, if I understood the plot at that point, I would have understood what was going on, but he was so nonchalant about it that I thought it was, like, a military drill exercise yes, or something. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Also, I thought that added to his character, like, he's a, a military drill. who's, like, slurping his coffee or copper, I think it was a copper soup, and mm. smoking a cigar, and I'm like, oh, this tells us his character. He's, like, this serious general but also really nonchalant and blasé. But then, we don't see him again, so why am I thinking about this? And also, the great special effects in that scene with the assault
1: rifles, only like half the guns had like the white flash coming out the muzzle. Out of the muzzle yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was... Which again led to my theory of like, oh, are some of them not firing because it's a
0: drill? But yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. They were attacking terrorists. It was legitimate.
1: Hitting... I remember that went for a long time because you made the joke like this is the rest of the film, isn't it? <laughs> it
0: really did go for fucking ever. And the machine gun fire was really loud and yeah. the audio for the voice was really soft. But then eventually it leveled out. I think halfway through they actually hired an audio guy and that's it. That is Space Fury. It is as disappointing and mundane as, as anything could ever be. Like this is the, the highest of boring. Yeah. Like, like if I had to give this a rating, this is a high rating of boring. Like this is a five star film of boring. Because honestly, this is probably the most boring movie we've done on the show, tied with Deep Rescue for me. I found that this was a little bit more interesting because at least with Deep Rescue, uh, at least with this, it had more plot things going on that I was baffled by. So my brain was more active while watching this, which is the fucking lowest compliment I could give yeah. But the fact is my brain was more physically active trying to figure out the four plots in comparison to Deep Rescue where there's one plot and it's really boring but deep rescue did its job better. Yeah. So
1: gun to your head you have to watch one of these films or you die. Uh probably I would watch deep rescue. Pop pop, yeah, I think me too. I've, at least with deep rescue you know whatever this means to you but I I like the fact that you could at least have a sense of what the whole environment is. There's, like, three or four main rooms that's used throughout the film, and, you know, you you have an idea of this setting.
0: But it didn't have four
1: tanks. It didn't have four tanks. It didn't even have sea life apart from a single crab, but, (laughs) you know, at least... Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. And it didn't have a million characters. It had, like, six or seven.
0: Yeah. Space Fury, disappointment. Uh, Recommendations for it? no do not watch nah, this I don't it's pointless it is we should get your dad's opinion though i, I have to get my dad's opinion on this no oh, dad what space for you let me know and he'll be like oh that's space in it and that's like a tick in his box like <laughs> he's very simple when it comes to sci-fi mm. what about you mark you you you're, you're going to recommend this right of course yes yeah. <laughs> this
2: is a classic complex you know Philosophically deep sci-fi. Thriller. Look, you understood it more than us, so you could be telling the truth. Yeah, you—you uh... you, you didn't even see the alien. Like, uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> like a very—it was very subtle, and it's like it's a mystery. Like, you have to—you have to see the clues. Who did
1: you say was the alien, Valentine? Yeah, the, the murderer. She was the
0: alien intruder. Oh,
1: you're right. Yeah, the credit called her Streetwalker, right? Streetwalker.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I, I noticed that. Um, Mark, here's the thing, though. I did ask you this jokingly throughout the movie, and then seriously as well. We had you on last time for Mr. Bones, a South African oh, comedy. God. And that movie made you wince so Look. hard that you rolled off the couch onto oh, the yeah. floor into my kitchen. In the
1: episode, yeah, Ryan kept saying Mark looked so embarrassed throughout the whole thing. Look, into here's, this one. Here's the
0: thing, is like, this worse than Mr. Bones for it, you? It,
1: they're different. Mr. Bones was.
2: It was more interesting. It, it was comprehensible. The characters were, you know, like there were characters. And. But it was also like had really, as well. really <laughs> disgusting. Like I felt sick watching it in <laughs> several places. Big gross out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And this, this is this is like <laughs> Space Fury. It's harmless. Like it, it, it's like there's missed opportunities, but it's not the sort of movie that makes you angry. It's just like,
1: oh. Yeah. Would you call either one a waste of time, though? I would
2: say this is a waste of time. I'd say Mr. Burns, you know, you can enjoy watching it. It's
0: it hit it, it hit its target which was a comedy. Yeah. yeah. Cuz we did laugh genuinely at the jokes in that movie. Yeah. Uh because that movie isn't trying to take itself seriously. This is. Yeah. And we took none of it seriously. Word yeah. one of you guys is for homicide and we both know it's not you. We're keeping a lid on it, but watch your cute ass until we beam you down, all right. We have to also remember to guess what year this movie came out because the DVD box didn't tell us. We usually credits try to av- say, the credits no, they didn't, didn't say. We try to avoid it in general all the time. We always have a guess. I was the one who figured out what year this movie uh was released. But you, I'd like to hear what yeah. you guys I had a guess beforehand, but I want to hear how you guys thought about what year this came out. My mind was
1: stuck on the '90s decade, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna throw a dart in the middle, and I'm gonna guess 1996. Good, okay. yeah.
2: Um, I I was thinking early '90s, maybe even late '80s. Okay, to be honest.
0: Hmm. So um, I'll say 89. 89. Well, I also had a guess, and my guess was in 1997. That real kind of screaming that vibe. But in the end it was another nineteen ninety nine movie, people. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, depending which site Jeez. says what. But this
2: looks like this is like so bad for like nineteen ninety nine. I thought okay. a there, there was like a... the quality like, okay, I can say eighties.
1: There was a part of me thinking like, oh, this looks like a nineties film, but I feel like we've had a few episodes where we've thought that and it's in like the two thousands. I, I suppose
2: a... it is Russia or wherever <laughs> it was made. I don't know.
1: And they're cold. The, the, fil- the filter yeah, in Russia. Canada's <laughs> a
0: bit behind the rest of the world. The yeah. filter
1: in Russia is very dark and gloomy.
0: <laughs> the show is coming to an end, unfortunately, but oh. we have a tradition of trying oh, yeah. to escape the room because we are trapped in here. And this time round, the, the room that we are in. Oh, we're in a space station in space, yeah. you see. Okay. And unfortunately,. Bartek had to manually, he lost manual control in the space shuttle and crashed in and caused trillions of dollars worth of damage onto our space station. Yeah, I know. I was there for it. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were there. I remember that. You, it was your fault because you were on your way. and uh, We now are in a situation in which we have to uh, get off this station, but there's so much damage on the ship. And one know? of us is a killer. And one of us is a killer. I'm not going to say who. It's going to be a twist. And we need help from a fourth person. In the movie, who would you pick from the movie to help us escape the ship? Um, The general. The general? The one that looked like the Azumut? one that appeared. No, no, no. That was the deputy premier. He said the general, the one who appeared in one scene. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, the the, the Cigar act. smoking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bartek? Um, great choice, by the
1: way. I mean, look, my favorite character is the detective, but uh, would he help us? <laughs> would he help us? Is the thing he he he'd motivate us <laughs> for the first quarter of our peril. Um, I almost want to pick the the actual murderer, considering there is a murderer with us. But uh, oh, is
0: he good at escaping?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he's not. You're right. It's, who escaped something in this film? I I guess Renee escaped Renee and the Max, criminal somehow.
0: <laughs> so you're picking Renee because she escaped something
1: you know what i'll pick yuri i think we'll give him a second chance i don't think he'll die this time
0: well i'm gonna pick um for our sake we need good pr (laughs) so your favorite character i'm picking her because she's gung-ho she knows she's on top of things she's got a mobile phone Mm. she 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 is on top of this and we need good pr i mean she does say you can't go without pr what do you reckon
1: mark should we go with her yeah. All right. She's our fourth person.
0: Great. I'm so happy that she's on the team. She's she's too busy speaking on the phone right now, even though we're in space. Yeah. Uh, she's got a space phone because she's that on top of things, Mark. Now, Mark, there's a secret murderer and also there's a giant amount of metal debris in our way. What are you gonna do?
2: I'll get. I'll wait until she finishes her phone call and then get, get us a call like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who can help us. Nine one one.
0: Call ground control. Okay, so Mark is waiting patiently yeah. for her to get off the phone. See, the thing in these situations
1: yeah. is not to panic.
0: Not to panic. Uh, uh, Bartek,
1: I'm going to go behind the um, the the square shaped uh, like wall divider and like look through <laughs> at like weird angles with an awkward that's, filter.
0: That's what Renee did. <laughs>
1: At uh, at the at the lady on the
0: phone, uh, lady. planning my
1: next move.
0: Ah, fair enough. As Bartek did that, we've now got a fire on board our <laughs> ship because none of us have done anything. <laughs> I see this fire. I see this fire, and I've only got one. I've only got one recourse of option here. I I only have one option available to me. I've got to hack into the ship, you see, for at least <laughs> 10 whole minutes of wasted time. And as I do that, I fall asleep. But here's the thing, guys PR Lady's got her move now. And I know exactly, she knows exactly what she's going to do. Because she's actually been on the phone the whole time to the director of this movie, mm. you see. And she asked him how he came up with this amazing idea. And he told her, and she's listening, and she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's great. And she, she hangs up the phone, looks at Mark, and she goes, Okay, Mark, I know you want this phone. I should say it like a... I know you want this phone, but here's the thing, young man. <laughs> I need this phone to call up Hollywood to get this made by Zack Snyder. He's the perfect person to remake this. And you, Mark, you nod. You're like, yeah, you're damn right. He deserves to make this movie. So she phones up Zack, 911. 911. Because he's the police in this situation. You know. And Zack's like, holy oh boy, I would love to make that movie. He starts making the movie. The fire's blazing. I'm hacking. Bartek's waiting for his move. You've accepted that your move is redundant for the moment. Because she, she, she's like, I've got an phone. This person, this person. Zack Snyder makes the movie. But you know Zack. He's all about realism, of course. So he actually builds a space station next to our space station. <laughs> And and, and 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 she says, yo, Zach, can we possibly, like, get a lift to your set to, to inspect how good it is and how accurate it is? We get a lift from Zach to his set. I'm standing there, and I'm like, mm, you know, I didn't finish hacking, but that's okay. Bartek's p- sussing out the grid thing that he's hiding mine. Mark is still waiting, but you know, you notice something, Mark. No fire. So Mark starts a fire, you see.
2: And for the sake of realism, of For the sake
0: of realism. But little do we know, Mark's a serial killer for, with fire. And he kills <laughs> Zack Snyder, unfortunately. <laughs> but fortunately, the PR lady still has Zack's keys. So we just kind of walk out of there, and uh, we go back down to Earth, and uh, Space Fury's production is forever on halt, because Zack Snyder unfortunately died. That was an emotional journey, guys.
1: Yeah. I was going to have it be that I'm going to, like, you know scarily approach someone then i get killed but if it's mark's okay. the killer we then
0: but but it's okay because he likes us he, yeah he, oh okay Yeah you know, it's fine we're, we're back on earth so, so ultimately <laughs> we land on earth i grab bartek's shoulder mark and you go it's the PR me. lady pr lady <laughs> and 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 bartek says i'm on my way <laughs> and then mark looks up in the sky and the pi la- uh pr lady says we're here yeah. And then we the get camera a- goes <laughs> up in <from> the air. <laughs> we get in a zoom- helicopter that keeps turning left and right. <laughs> <laughs> and zooms back. And that's the end of the episode. But you
2: forgot that the space station crashes on LA. <gasps> oh, and away.
0: we landed in LA. Shit. And Mark, he was the one who sabotaged it all along. Oh, my God.
1: Play the Mario game of music at this
0: point. <laughs> that's the main thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so... So, thank you very much, Mark, for coming on and having to help us go through the murky waters that were space, Fury.
1: And also the Venice Beach waters that are now on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That
2: was a good one. Thank you. I can't say it's been a pleasure, but thank you
0: for having me. Thank you. Bartek, a pleasure, as always, to be going through the mystery box with you. I can't believe how much we talked about this film, to be honest. I'm also surprised. (laughs) Uh, As always, listening people, you've been fantastic, amazing, and wonderful. If you want to support us, give us some ratings and reviews on whatever podcast platforming... Podcasts podcast platforming site there is iTunes reviews are always appreciated give us whatever you feel give us a little review if you want to find us on the podcasting things well on all of them podcast Spotify Google Play uh, all of those good sites uh, we have our social medias we have our Twitter our Facebook we don't have the Instagram or MySpace but maybe one day if you're good MySpace will be there you can YouTube message us you can we got yeah we have a YouTube uh, which inexplicably is popular <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have, like, 176 subscribers now or something? Now, and it keeps growing, and I don't know, you could be one of them, people. Be amazing, wonderful, listening people. Uh, Maybe,
1: Maybe they're people that, like, subscribe, watch a video, and it's like, oh, they're not actually showing the full movie. Dislike.
0: Yeah, and I am happy that we've managed to go... This long with the mystery box. I just want to put this out there. Oh you know, yeah, like, for sure. You know, this was an idea that I had qu- for quite some time and mulled and fermented on it, mm. and then we eventually just pushed through and did it. And uh, it's been uh, we've been pushing through monthly with this, thirteen episodes I think now. I think so, yeah. And it's just been a real roller coaster ride, and we've experienced lots of interesting movies, good and bad. And it's always just fun to have this here and keep doing this. And uh, this is the fourteenth episode. Fourteenth. Yeah. Lucky. Um, so until next time, people, remember to be kind to each other.